It's Dominic the donkey, jingity-jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la, 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 Santa's got a little friend, his name is Dominic, the cutest little donkey, you'll never see him kick. When Santa visits his paisans with Dominic, he'll be Because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy Hey, jingity jing Good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Fresh Frozen Southerner podcast. My name is Jay. I hope all is well. And I hope everyone's having a Merry Christmas. And I'd like to know how many of you out there had ever heard that Christmas song that I played at the beginning of the show before. Uh, That song is called Dominic the Donkey. It was recorded by Lou Monty. It was released in 1960. It was written by Ray Allen, Sam Salzberg, and Wandra Merrill. Now, I was familiar with this song before I moved to Pennsylvania, but the only reason that is, is that I used to listen to a talk radio host named Mike McConnell. Uh, At the time, his show was out of Cincinnati. It was on uh, uh, 700 WLW, and his show was syndicated onto the local AM station. They would play it on Saturdays. Now he talked about that and he played it on his show a few times around Christmas time. Um, Mike McConnell was originally from Philadelphia. And once I moved up to Wilkes-Barre in uh, Northeast Pennsylvania, I started hearing that song around Christmas time. I remember one time we were at a hockey game and during the intermission between first and second period, they played that song over the loudspeaker. You'd hear it on the radio. Apparently that song is a very I-95 corridor East Coast thing, uh, just between like Philadelphia, New York, and maybe Baltimore. And I haven't talked to anybody from Baltimore. I don't know if they play that song, but it is a weird little song. I'll give you that, but it's catchy. Uh, Kids like it. And I brought it back to Virginia with me. And anytime I've played this for a person from Virginia. I mean, they, they look on their face. It's like they're looking at some kind of alien life form. I mean, they don't know what to make of it, but, but I thought I would play that on the show. Like I say, it's a, it's catchy. It's, it can get annoying, especially when your kids ask you to play it five times in a 20 minute car ride, but tis the season for annoying Christmas carols at the Jose Feliciano Feliz Navidad song. I like hearing that song right after Thanksgiving because you you hear that song come on the radio and yay, it's Christmas. But about the third time I hear it, I'm kind of thinking to myself, yeah, that's that's enough of that. And I don't know who out there likes that Paul McCartney carol, uh, simply having a wonderful Christmas time. Uh, That song's terrible. I hate hearing that song. It's annoying. I can't believe that it's getting a pass because it's Paul McCartney, but just actually listen to that song. Get rid of all the nostalgia. If you're a Beatles fan, don't take that into consideration. Just listen to that god-awful song and tell me that it's not trash. I feel the same way about that John Lennon carol, So This Is Christmas. That's the most holier-than-thou narcissistic song. And again, it gets a pass because it's John Lennon. But, you know, once he was out of the Beatles, I really think John Lennon got exposed for kind of being a hack. I, I really don't care for any of his solo stuff. Again, he gets a huge pass because he was in the Beatles and everybody blames it on Yoko, but you know, it's probably he was stoned off his butt all the time and he just really wasn't that strong of a songwriter to begin with. And I know a lot of people listening to this think I'm committing heresy, but I'm not impressed with any of John Lennon's solo stuff. And 
to be fair, full disclosure, I'm not a huge fan of the Beatles either. I mean, they've got some good songs, but I don't understand the, and this was before my time. Maybe I would have feel a little differently. It's you know, kind of like Elvis. I, I like a lot of Elvis's songs, but I'm not this huge super fan. And I think people really get a little into Elvis too much. And the same with the Beatles. They were just fanatical people out there over the Beatles. And I've just never gotten it. I'm not saying they're a bad band, but I don't understand it. And like I say, those are two of the worst Christmas carols that you'll you'll hear this year. And the radio plays the crap out of them. But the biggest bummer of them all, and thankfully the radio does not play this song very often, is the Christmas Time is Here song from the Peanuts. Now, I know there's a generation, you know, I was kind of on the tail end of the Peanuts being a really big thing, but I remember watching the Charlie Brown Christmas special every year. So, so I have fond memories of this song too, but if you really just, again, just put all the nostalgia out of your head and just listen to that song, that thing is, it's droning, it's depressing, it's, it's like a funeral dirge. And you listen to that song and you're driving down the road and halfway through it, you're thinking, you know, I need to find a tree to drive into just to end everything. This is horrible. But it's kind of fitting because, you know, Christmas is a happy time. And and actually, I have it on pretty good authority that it's the most wonderful time of the year. But bad things can happen on Christmas. Uh, Did you know Dean Martin passed away on December 25th, which is kind of ironic because most people now know him for his Christmas carols. Uh, Charlie Chaplin also died on December 25th, but probably the worst Christmas in the history of the planet. And the first recorded celebration of quote-unquote Christmas was in the year 336. The Roman Empire had just become the Holy Roman Empire. It just officially adopted Christianity. And that was the first official Christmas, quote-unquote, actually call it that. But even, even then, a lot of the citizens of Rome had not strictly converted to Christianity. And a lot of them were still celebrating the festival of uh Saturnia, I think I'm pronouncing that correctly, but it was the the winter solstice festival and it was for the for the god Saturn. But that was the official first Christmas. So we've got 1700 or I'm sorry, yeah, 1700 years of celebrating Christmas and and they all haven't been great for everybody. And like I say in the year 1717, an unusual late season hurricane blew into the coast of the Netherlands, Germany and Denmark. Like I say, it's a, it's unusual for there to be hurricanes in that year, and it's kind of, it's a little bit unusual for them to make it all the way into the North Sea anyway, but for whatever reason, this hurricane hit on Christmas Eve, and it coincided with high tide, which normally you wouldn't think that would make a huge difference, but the storm surge from the hurricane coupled with the high tide really sent a large amount of water inland on these, on these coastal cities. Um, a lot of people just got swept out to sea. Uh, the people that did not, a lot of people took refuge in trees. And of course, it's not very warm in Europe on December 24th. And these people were in trees overnight in heavy downpour, high winds. A lot of people succumbed to hypothermia. The final death count from this storm, and this was across, like I say, several countries. But but even then, at this time, you know, there wasn't a huge population anywhere. The death toll of this storm was 13,700 people. And it's not just the people that died. Of course, a lot of the, a lot of the crop stores they all got got flooded and ruined. Uh, a lot of livestock were killed and swept out to sea. A lot of people really struggled through that winter to to avoid starvation. 
In fact, the uh, the Dutch, of course, the Dutch had been a major political power in Europe for hundreds of years. They had trading routes. They had a huge uh, merchant fleet. They made a lot of money. Now, this was not the only factor that caused them to lose a lot of their political power, but this was pointed to as being a, a large reason that that sort of empire kind of lost all of its political influence, just the, the devastation of this storm and the cost to rebuild everything. They just never recovered. And like I said, there were other factors going on that took them out of the limelight as well. But this was this was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back. This this kind of pushed them over the edge. But so far, this whole show has been a big bummer. And that's not what I'm wanting to bring to you on Christmas Eve. Actually, as you as this goes live, it'll be the day before Christmas Eve. But I just stopped in real quick. I wanted to wish everybody a Merry Christmas and hope you have a great time with family and friends and Whatever your traditions are, you need to get out and do those. Uh, we're getting ready to kick off our our lead up to Christmas traditions. Uh, on the 23rd, me and my wife always go out for a, a nice romantic dinner. We leave the kids at home and we're not just abandoning them. They, you know, the dog's water's out, there's dog food. So they've got plenty to eat and drink and, and they'll be fine for one evening. But we always go out for a nice romantic dinner, just the two of us on the 23rd. And then on the 24th, our tradition has always been that we get up and we go Christmas shopping. Now we're just getting like stocking stuffers at this point. All the, all the major presents have been purchased, but I'm not sure why I always feel this way, but I don't I don't like going to stores when it's really crowded. I just think it's just a waste of time waiting to get through the aisles. And and in fact, before COVID, when a lot of stuff was open 24 hours, I would go do our weekly grocery shopping. I'd go at like midnight or one o'clock because you go into Walmart at that time and you're pretty much the only person there. It was just me and the employees doing the night stocking and you could just get your stuff. There's no line at the checkout. You're just in, out. It just saves you a lot of time. Of course, I can't do that now because COVID pretty much ruined everything for everybody. But despite the fact that I feel that way, I've always enjoyed, even if I'm not going shopping, just going to the mall and walking around at Christmas time. There's just, it's nice to see people out. There's an energy going on. And that energy is turned up to 11 on Christmas Eve. And you go out and, and like everybody there, there's two types of people you'll see. There's people that are just desperate and people that are just lost. You can tell that you know, people that are just wandering around, they, they've got somebody they've still got to buy for and they have no clue what to get them. And then the people that are running around like their car's on fire and they're trying to get their packages back to help put it out. It's just a lot of fun to go out. And we go out and we get the stocking stuffers and then we go home and we always have uh, dinner and we have some family over and we never do like a big the full-blown Christmas dinner that night. We'll do uh, like heavy hors d'oeuvres. We'll do meatballs in a crock pot. And uh, this year, my my daughter loves crab legs. We got her some frozen snow crab legs I'm going to heat up for. And you just kind of put a big table of food out and we'll just graze and we'll open a few presents. But I'm looking forward to a good weekend with a lot of good food in it. And those traditions are, you know, they're important. You need to get out and do those things. I was actually going to try out a new tradition this year. My daughter has mentioned several times over the years that she always wanted to try goose at Christmas. And of course, that that's a, a, a big plot point in A Christmas Carol, you know, the Christmas goose that Scrooge purchases at the end of the year or at the end of the story to, to give to the Cratchits. And she'd always heard about Christmas goose and I've eaten duck, but I've never had goose. But I noticed last year that uh, local Kroger, the grocery store, they sell frozen geese. And I never really 
looked for them. I don't, you know, I don't have any idea what a, a goose should run, but I was thinking of purchasing a goose and we were going to try, I was going to cook it. I've never roasted a goose, but I cook a lot. I'm, I feel like I could have pulled it off. But when I got there, me and my wife went to Kroger's tonight and I was going to buy that goose and we were going to cook it on Christmas day. And would anybody like to hazard a guess at how much a frozen goose costs? And again, I've never bought them. I don't know if something's happened that's driven the price up or, or what's going on or if that's just how expensive a goose is. But just, uh, I'm going to give you a couple seconds. I want you to think about it in your head and try to come up with what you think a nine pound bird would cost in this day and age. Okay, if you've got a figure in your mind, I guarantee you it's not even close. A nine-pound frozen goose at Kroger's in Virginia was $102. And again, I've never priced them. I don't know. Is that just what a freaking goose costs? I feel like I could go to the livestock market. I could probably fill my truck up with geese for $102. I cannot. I was expecting like $20, $30 bucks maybe. And that goose was sitting right beside a turkey that was twice as big and cost $15. Why are geese that damn expensive? Uh, long story short, we are not having goose for Christmas. I'll fix a ham or something, but my God, $102 for a nine-pound bird. I mean, I wouldn't pay that much for a goose if I knew that there was a golden egg in the damn thing. That, that, that absolutely blew me away. I could not believe what I was seeing. In fact, when I first looked at that price tag, you know, when things are just so far out of bounds of what you're expecting to see, it takes a little while for your brain to really piece together what it is you're actually looking at. When I walked up to that and I was looking at the tag, I was thinking, oh, $10, that's not bad at all. And then my brain kicked in and said, look at where that decimal point is. But uh, like I say, long story short, goose is off the menu for Christmas. Okay, guys, that's all I've got for you today. Uh, like I say, just dropping in real quick to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year's, Happy Hanukkah, and I hope everybody's doing well and enjoying the season. Uh, we will talk again very soon. Please enjoy the rest of Dominic the Donkey to help you get into the Christmas spirit. Thank you very much, and we will talk again very soon. It's Dominic the donkey, jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey, la 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 Jingle bells around his feet and presents on the sled. Hey, look at the Mayor's Derby on top of Dominic's head. A pair of shoes for Louie and a dress for Josephine. The label on the inside says they're made in Brooklyn. Hey, jingity jing, it's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing, the Italian Christmas donkey. La 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 Sing and clap their hands and Dominic starts to dance They talk Italian to him and he even understands Kumaras and Kumbaras do they dance a darandel When San Domingola comes to town and brings Ujucharilla Hey, jingity-jing, it's Dominic the donkey Jingity-jing, the Italian Christmas donkey La, 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 la 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 Hey, 